This episode is sponsored by Jared Greer with Guaranteed Rate. Whether you are looking to buy your first home or renovate your current home, go to rate.com forward slash Jared Greer today. Equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Restrictions apply. NMLS ID 301746. NMLS Welcome to Homecoming with the Downer Brothers. This is Anthony. This is Anton. Man, uh, we have another great episode today, man. We, I mean, we're really taking it home. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the first neighborhoods that we started our whole process in is going to come up in this conversation, man. But who do we have sitting here? We have <laughs> Phil Beckham. And let me tell y'all, y'all, you really do need to know this, man. You know what? It's it's like you're like the quiet storm. You know what I mean? It's like you got a lot of stuff going on, but you just kind of quietly mosey on by, and you're the person that no one knows is there. But then, boom, you got you know all the stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, I was told a long time ago by my dad, uh, "Be quiet and listen." So that's what I, I do a lot of. But uh, I appreciate being here. This is cool. Man, I'm glad to finally get you here. So, you yeah. know, so we kind of been watching you from a distance on social media. We run into you at the coffee shop every yeah. once in a while, but we never really sat down yeah. to really understand your whole story. So I really want everyone to learn uh, about how you got to this point uh, in, in your life. So can we please start? Where sure. is home? Where are you from? Sure. So Phil Beckham III. I am from uh, Chicago. Uh, Bronzeville neighborhood, third generation, uh, actually uh, moved to Harvey when we were eight or nine. I was eight or nine years old because my parents had a school bus company that we ran out of space in the back of our three flat mm-hmm. to park these buses. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather owned property in Harvey. That was in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, we moved out there, went to grade school out there, went to high school at Thorn Ridge High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that time, I was involved uh, with the family company of the school buses transported kids back and forth to school. Everybody's ridden on those buses sometime or another. Um, and uh, did w- was always involved in that. Didn't know that uh, my name on the side of the bus was a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I got older, I realized that that was impactful with a lot of people. Um, the, uh, you know, on from there, went to mm-hmm. college. I was at Iowa State University. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyed playing football there and enjoyed my whole time there. I wish I could have stayed mm-hmm. uh, and just went to to parties and social events. <laughs> no, we all. Don't we all. <laughs> but it was a cool time. And uh, again, uh, was back and forth, always worked in the bus company. I didn't have any, any, any skills like you guys do with your hands. So my brother, my younger brother was, was uh, always great with his hands. So he's, he was the master mechanic and I decided to stay in the office and, and get involved with, with that. And uh, eventually I ended up purchasing the company from my parents in 2000 and okay. Um, okay. and ran it and uh, actually turned it in from a, a, a family a cookie jar to a, a corporation uh, and in 2010, uh, actually 2009, built it up and sold it, sold all the contracts, mm-hmm. held all the real estate, there's a real estate thing we're doing here, right. uh, and the company we uh, that we work with uh, not still lease it from us now. Um, so. From that, I went to working with uh, a Chinese company to bring their all-electric buses 
to CTA, okay. which they have four in, still in use right now. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I know yeah, about yeah. That was a ah. that was a transition that that uh, I went went through uh, when you know when I was busing was over. You know, I had no more yellow buses to, to mm-hmm. be involved with. So, uh, so what you were a consultant with? Yeah, to, yeah. to CTA. Okay. Yeah, no, not to CTA. Oh, to, to the, the, to the, to the yeah, Chinese company, company called Photon. Okay. So Photon, all they did was take took our 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 um, technology mm-hmm. uh, and and put it into batteries uh, for all battery powered buses. Mm-hmm. So in this country, if you are if you are a public transportation entity in any city, if though any new product comes in, if it hasn't gone through Chicago CTA. They don't take it, so so mm. I introduced them to everybody at CTA, got them uh, their their entrance to the market, and uh, then went on CTA went on and took uh, used three buses for testing, so that was that that part of my life, and then um, yeah. uh, went through a personal uh, personal space with with uh, family, got divorced, came back. I was in San Diego at the time, came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids came came to live with me, so I had, had them with me, and uh, mm-hmm. still working on 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 different careers, and got into restaurants, bars, and stuff like that. Starting not really being the silent one behind, you know, a lot of the places that are still going now. Right, right. Um, and then um, started my nonprofit. I'm gonna speed on through this. My nonprofit, <laughs> MS Bark, which is set up in Brownsville strictly to help small black-owned businesses mm-hmm. grow to scale. Uh, most of the most of the programs and, and chambers around uh, they're good they serve a great purpose but I realized most of the people who ran those never ran had their own business right so that was a problem for me right mm-hmm. so I put together a team that uh, all own their own businesses and we just went right to it. we're a handhold organization that takes you mm-hmm. uh, and says sit down let's talk about where you, where you are where you need to go so this is like an incubator then yeah well it was an incubator but it was done at the coffee shops so mm-hmm. all out of town, people see me there. That's right. what we were doing, interviewing businesses, okay. working with them. Okay. And it was a really good space to get that done. Uh, and, and that's five years down the line. And we've, um, we've helped over 60 businesses grow to scale, get second, second uh, storefronts, get online, just do really well. I'm really proud of, of, of what we've been doing. That's and that awesome. continues. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. then my next life started about 20 months ago. 20 months ago. He's <laughs> right. like, that next and this is the, the, the commercial yeah. real estate then. All right. Well, okay. Well, before we dive into that, you know what I like? I like when we get Anton's definition of the day. It's time for Anton's definition of the day. The definition of the day is affordable housing. Though different countries have different definitions, one thing remains the same. Lower and middle class people need affordable housing. And we're going to address that today. It's time for Anton's definition of the day. The definition of the day is affordable housing. Though different countries have different definitions for affordable housing, one thing remains the same. Lower and middle class people need affordable housing particularly in third world countries where the vast majority of the population does not own their home. And that's why there is a need for affordable housing. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit more after this. Okay. Talk about 
here too, not third world country, but here too. Yeah, no, I was just a solid definition on here, and it said something about third world country. <laughs> so started, you know. But it, and it made me think about like, you know, how they just set aside all those acres mm-hmm. for people to, you know, be able to buy, build those single family homes next to Baja Mar right, right. Uh, Casino yeah. in Nassau. Yes, what's happening back in Bahamas. My mother sent to us immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're behind me, and so, you know, we definitely keeping up yeah. with our, our properties down there. Yeah. It's the same as up yeah. here in Chicago, so. All right, more here is underserved communities. The definition of the day. <laughs> Somebody has some sound. I thought that was you. That is not me. Okay, go ahead. I'm vibrating. All right. The definition of the day is affordable housing. Though different countries have different definitions, one thing remains the same. Lower and middle class income household need affordable housing. We're going to be addressing that today. Dang, I want to leave that third world country thing out now. Dude, do what you want to do. Yeah. It's yeah. your thing, man. All right. All right, one more. Okay. This ain't even for safety. I feel like I just didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't even think I did, the, you know. It's all good. It's all good. What was that? Uh, I see a young lady named Desiree. Mm. Oh. Right, that that sounds good. personal. All right. That wasn't a normal way. <laughs> All right. The definition of the day is affordable housing. Though different countries have different definitions, one thing remains the same. Lower and middle class people need affordable housing. And we're going to address that today. All right. So affordable housing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm glad that you uh, decided to make that definition of the day because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of years. Um, in our own way, we on a smaller scale, we've done affordable housing by, you know, renovating multi-unit properties and providing, right. you know, housing in South Shore and um, Washington Heights, yeah. uh, Roseland. Mm-hmm. These are the neighborhoods mm-hmm. that we have. But, you know, these are three and four unit properties. Right. Scaling yeah. to 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 units, that's the goal and it's so necessary. So mm-hmm. you're talking about 20 months ago. What happened 20 months ago? 21 months ago, I, um, in a coffee shop, uh, cut a deal to, uh, with a JV partner to build uh, three 10-story um, buildings with uh, 100 units each, uh, 50, a 50-50 split of affordable market rate. Wait, 50, three, 50, 300 units? Three, yeah, 300 <laughs> units uh, and uh, 15,000 square feet of retail space on uh, 43rd Street uh, between uh, King Drive and Indiana, right around the, the green line. Right around the green line. Okay. Uh, it's a TOD, transportation-oriented uh, development. Uh, the first phase was approved uh, by the city uh, in January, and we were planning to break ground uh, on that first fa- first building in September. So, yeah. That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. That, and that's what I mean by, like, full circle. So, you know, our renovation journey, right, when mm-hmm. we actually said, oh, man, we're about to start renovating property, right. starting right. in Bronzeville. Right. right. And right. our grandparents, when they moved to Chicago from Mississippi, they had to they live, had in, to live in Bronzeville exactly. back in 1944 exactly. when they got here. So, um, and, and then to see 
something that had long overdue. I'm talking about like long decades long. overdue. Decade, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And you, you're the catalyst of that, man. Yeah, that that's was, awesome. Um, that, I appreciate that. That was, um, I didn't know how big it was until we got into it. Uh, just a little background. My, my grandfather was the first one of the first licensed black contractors in Chicago mm-hmm. in the late 20s. And mm-hmm. when he, he was skilled uh, master carpenter and he made a lot of his money working with Al Capone and building all the, the back doors and underground doors and, and framing out things for you his You mean the his speakeasies? His Is he tra- talking about speakeasies? The logistics, the logistics <laughs> for, his, for his product. Yeah, <laughs> And then he also helped build out policy uh, uh, halls uh, in, in Bronzeville, which is now the lottery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and then my dad uh, and my uncle, who are also master carpenters, once again, I'm leading towards, I have no, that didn't pass down to me with any <laughs> skills of skill building anything. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but they uh, were part of my, my grandfather's P.L. Beckham and Sons uh, construction. And there's still some buildings there that my, my uh, grandfather and dad built that my kids can see mm-hmm. and touch. Uh, they also built about 60 homes in Morgan Park. Before it was annexed to Chicago, uh, okay. so mm. there's a lot of uh, we have a lot of history in, in that area. So I didn't realize what what I was doing and what, why I was doing it until I looked back and saw what had been going on in my in my in my lineage, and I said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Uh, I live two blocks away. Mm-hmm. That that area was uh, empty forever. It hasn't been occupied by any residents for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's no displacement. There's all vacant city-owned property, so mm-hmm. uh, that was the beginning. Right. Uh, and we have, uh, it's really been great, a lot of great feedback. The neighborhood is really looking forward to it. We're bringing in some of those businesses I talked about with MS Barker we work with. Mm-hmm. Some of them are going to be taking the, the spaces, the new retail spaces. Oh, great, great. Uh, so I'm, it's a proud moment for me. And 50% are going to be market rate and 50% are going to exactly. be affordable. Which is not the norm. And so we've had some... We had to 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 uh, get this over to to banking to banks to help them under help them understand this is something different. Normally they do they're used to eighty twenty eighty percent affordable twenty percent market rate, mm-hmm. but we kept pushing that this is this is what needs to happen here, and we have the great support from the aldermen, from all the city officials and mm-hmm. and the community, which right. uh, which is neat. Because by making by making it fifty percent market rate. You're bringing in a certain type of people yep. that won't be afraid that won't be afraid to live there. Because exactly. if you only make a twenty percent market rate, then why would they want right. to live with you know quote unquote poor people? And we right. we specifically brand uh, our marketing this towards young professionals, the ones yeah. who are just out of college, may still have student debt. They can afford you know to 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 uh, move in. They can if they work downtown or with with uh, any of the business there. They can get yeah. on the train. Wait, do, do I do I still count as a young professional? Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you're younger than me. You're a young professional. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm still a young professional. And and also it brings back you know the the purpose of that is there's a culture that's in Brownsville and mm-hmm. it's and it's not just history. Brownsville is is a future. Uh, there's a lot of arts. There's a lot of of, of great culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and t- in order to keep that culture and energize, you can't have people like me living there. You have to have younger people there who have that energy, who always make changes, always change culture, and always right. mm-hmm. you, it's, the, in, the the foundation's always there, but that that culture will always will, will always evolve. Yeah. And that was a big part of it. We have a big mural that we set aside on the building mm-hmm. that's in the alley that we've already worked with um, some artists, local artists, mm-hmm. to get involved. But it's it, you know that's. That's what's important for me. It's important for me to make sure people that look like me get opportunities to contract there. I've, mm-hmm. I've pulled in uh, black engineers, uh, black uh, interior designers, uh, black concrete companies. Because if, if I can't do that, 
then what's the point? I mean, mm, I, right. you know, money is going to be made. Mm -hmm. But, you know, unless I bring people in that, that uh, haven't ever got the opportunity, then I will see it's their job once I get them to the table right. to perform. Yeah. Yeah. But most of them ever, never got the opportunity. So that's my job uh, with this project. Right. You know, so so you haven't just provided an opportunity for affordable housing. You've, you've provided an opportunity for... Um, you know, uh, minority or disenfranchised uh, professionals to get a chance mm -hmm. to do work on a big time project, something exactly. they put on their resume that they can shoot their, right. their career off. And we'll be there for five years, so it's not something they can just work for that building. Mm -hmm. There are three three buildings, plus there's, you know, two or three other buildings that are going to be built on that corridor. So mm -hmm. we'll be there building, and it gives them an opportunity to grow to scale. Right. Nice. Yeah. I, That's it. Dude, I love it. Because yeah. it, this thing, you know, I'm a, I'm a historian, yeah. Yeah. and when I look at the history of Bronzeville, one of the things that broke my heart was to find that at when when the community started to become de uh, desegregated, mm -hmm. all of the talent right. left Bronzeville, right. yeah. left behind yeah. all of the people who uh, you know basically were poor and couldn't move. Mm -hmm. This right mm -hmm. here, when you have 50-50, 50% -50, mm -hmm. market, 50% um, uh, affordable, right. now right. you're keeping that talent. You're not allowing to what happened 50 years ago to happen to repeat. Correct. Now we can have everybody together. So now you have the kids that can see the role models walking down the hallway. If, if Okay, to define affordable, mm -hmm. if if the rent is, let's say, 1500 let's say 2000 if the rent is two thousand for affordable, would that be twenty no, percent less? So no, our rent is not, wouldn't be two thousand for affordable. So our affordable, yeah, I was just making a, yeah, a our affordable. Up. So we have two bedrooms, one and studios. Mm -hmm. So we we start out with affordable studios are I think around six hundred. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and then it goes up from there. That I don't think it taps out for two bedrooms over a twelve hundred. Okay, okay, uh, and then it goes. You know, market rate is market rate. Right, mm -hmm. so we can you know imagine what those are. Um, but yeah, it's it's made to be affordable, and that's the point. I mean, once again, but we're marketing towards young professionals, and and those who can afford it may just be out of college and have their first job, but they have so much student debt mm -hmm. that they can't get a market rate. Mm -hmm. But they, they can they can be there for an affordable. And there's so much new infill housing going on in in Brownsville. You know, if you can keep them there and they can grow and they can they can. Get their finances right. They don't have to leave. They can get a condo in that neighborhood. They can buy a house in that neighborhood. Right. Because that is plentiful. as they grow. As they grow, right. it's plentiful there. Because that's the one thing that's missing is new construction, affordable market rate apartments, and that's what we're filling. Right. Right. So I don't know. This is exciting, man. Because I've always pictured Bronzeville moving in this direction. And, you know, and I mean, obviously, the recession back in two thousand nine hurt. But the fact that, that this project is finally happening, you know, a decade later, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. it's still, it's Because that's like not on the west end of Brownsville. I guess you kind of say it's the westerly side. Because I, th I look at, we were born at Michael Reese uh, Hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's been just like those right. vacant lots. It's been vacant for like, what? 12 years. 12 years. I'm Jackson Park Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now that's finally being repurposed. Yeah, that's into repurposed. apartments and yeah. and well, the biggest, the biggest issue in, in underserved communities not alone not not just not enough investment but incomes. Mm -hmm. You know, most mm -hmm. of most of that area was was based the incomes were based on all the steel mills on on ninety fifth and further south and right. the southeast the, the auto industry 
all that industry that was that was based on. And then we had our own mm-hmm. small businesses. You know, before segregation, everybody went to the black owned pharmacists. Right, right. Everybody went to the to the black dentists. That's who they went to. And then, you know, segregation gave um, desegregation gave people an opportunity to move, which, you know, that, that kinda killed uh, killed the golden goose. Right. And and policy mm-hmm. I can tell you this, policy was the biggest funder of bit black businesses right. from ebony to, to large businesses, it was funded through policy. Right. And once the state took that away and made it the, made it illegal, and then turned around and made it a lottery. Right. But that was right. that was our bank. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, that was was made it solid. And, yeah. Uh, and so then the dollar didn't circulate. The, the dollar didn't circulate. You right. know, people talk about dollar circulating in other communities. During that time, all the way up until the late fifties, it didn't leave. Right. It didn't leave. Right. So people talk about six hours, five. It, it didn't leave. Right. All right, well, this is definitely a step in the, in the right direction. All right, let's talk about being a developer. Mm-hmm. I think being um, de- uh, having um, you know African American developers are are crucial. They're important. One because they grew up in these neighborhoods, they understand the culture, mm-hmm. and even have a mentality that oh, I want to involve a diversity cool. of talent in the, right. the process of building this all, mm-hmm. all out. Did you find, I mean, was there another developer that you ran into? Like, how did you decide, I'm going to be a developer? And what, who did you meet or what, at what point did it become to this? I didn't decide to be a developer. I was, uh, I have a good relationship with, with local government and they, they were trying to get that developed. And they said, look, we're having problems. Can you help? If you can find somebody to develop it, we'll support it. Mm-hmm. So I have, everything I do is based on relationships. Right. right. And, and I always stress that to business owners and people who want to be entrepreneurs. If you don't have a network where you can pick up the phone and call somebody and make something happen, then you need to work on your network. Right. So this is all based on relationships. I called mm-hmm. a buddy of mine at the Habitat Company who I didn't know built buildings. I thought they just managed. Mm-hmm. I said, look, bring your guys down and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. They came down and they said, oh, okay. And then a week later... We were in this. So that's how I became mm. a developer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, I, so it wasn't like you had a mentor. No, I didn't have a mentor. Well, I, 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 and I really keyed in what you just said. We say it all the time. You have to build relationships before you can build exactly. houses. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Everything was always relationships. Yeah. They came. They, they talked to me. They, they started explaining, explaining things to me. I have a, 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 my business partner, Juan Saldana, already had P3 Markets. Because he was doing industrial building, and we've known each other for fifteen years. Wait, you talking about um? Wait, who is it? Juan Saldana. Oh, Juan Saldana. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, so we don't know him. We need. Yeah, we, you, you need to know. Can, can we meet him? Yes, you can. <laughs> All right. So, so <laughs> he's, he's so we are we are the, one of the only I think the only black and brown development company in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, work do a lot of work in Little Village. That's where he lives, mm-hmm. and and in Brownsville. So uh, that relationship. You know, we came to the table. Mm-hmm. We had relationships with attorneys and everybody else that we mm-hmm. needed to have right. that were big time. And I said, look, we're small time, but we're stepping into a big world. Okay. We need your back. And then it just started to play out. Um, Habitat understood. Finally, you know, they got around to understanding the, the network and relationship that I had mm-hmm. and I have. And it just moved the project along, not because of just because I just have relationships, but because mm-hmm. it's a good project. Right. It's solid. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people and good people involved. Uh, but once again, I have I've, relationships have always been the foundation of everything I do. I learned that right. from my my dad, my uncle, my mom, my grandfather. Watched the way they developed and nurtured relationships, and always kept those going. And mm, that's yeah. what this is all about. It's I, I, there's no book, mm-hmm. 
There's no school to go to, a class to go to. Mm-hmm. This was all about relationships. Look, look, America. <laughs> if there's nothing you learn from listening to this podcast, is the power of developing relationships. Mm. If you ever ask yourself, how do the Data Brothers continue to get into these different opportunities? It's because we're willing to go out and shake hands and meet people and ask questions. Facts. You know, and then also figure out how we can add value. You know, we all know that that people are trying to get from point A to point B. And if we can be the person that helps to give them a ride, then we've added value to their situation. Mm. Please go out and develop relationships so that you can start your business, buy your real estate, do whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. You have to develop relationships. Mm-hmm. I just had to say it one more time. And That's I, it. I'd like to add, get in relationship, business relationships that are uncomfortable. If you're a realtor, just don't have a relationship with realtors. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, go out and, and, and meet different people in different genres and different skill sets. Right, uh, right. You know, I know plumbers, but also know people, women, women who do men who do hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just relationships because right. you, you, mm-hmm. that is all that makes who you are and makes your business. Uh, and it strengthens you, who you are as a person as well. So, hey, That's we right. are 100% right. on board. That's, I mean, the way we navigate life is exactly like right. that. And if you can, if people had that kind of mindset, um, they wouldn't be stuck. A lot of people feel stuck because they are, they don't expand their circle. They don't meet new people outside of their yeah. environment. Yeah. You got to expand your circle and you got to do things that are uncomfortable. And so I think I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people mm-hmm. when they go into a room and people are speaking. Um, a more academic language or people dress in a different way and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Look, we mm-hmm. we we're uncomfortable all the time. And I, and I honestly, if I don't feel like I I'm put I, like if I don't stretch myself and, and and get into uncomfortable situations on a regular basis, I feel stuck. Right. And I know it's time for me to go out and get into mm-hmm. some new circles. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So it's all about growth. It's all about growth. Mm-hmm. All right, so I want to ask you, what does the word homecoming mean to you? Homecoming to me has a lot of different definitions. I'll start with the, the one I most enjoy because I'm petty. Homecoming to me is, <laughs> is karma. When I, when I watch karma come back and get somebody that is, they duly deserve it, mm-hmm. that is a homecoming to me. And I, <laughs> I, that is the, I never heard somebody say it like that. I'm a patient petty, so I'll wait years and years and years for it to happen. When it does, <laughs> I just want to be there for it. Oh, uh, man. Uh, other like homecoming, it. you know, uh, just a homecoming of, of good people and good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to, you may not see them all the time, you may not hear from them all the time, but when you get back together, it's just like you, you've been there, been with each other all the time. Um, right. And, that, and that's, that's more of friends. Uh, that you you've made over the years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can still you can start where you stopped the last time, and it's just comfortable, right? And yeah, um, I know what that feels like. Yeah, those are great. Now, now family homecomings can go you know left or right, mm-hmm. you know th- those. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, right. Sometimes <laughs> it's like okay, here we go. Get you. That wasn't gonna happen this time, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are my my three, and and uh, you know homecomings are you you can learn a lot. Um, and homecomings to me are made to, made for you somebody to feel good out of out of. Right, I agree. I, that first one, <laughs> <laughs> that karma homecoming, karma homecoming. homecoming. That was the that's first the homecoming one. with the Donna Brothers. And I, I appreciate you, know, you giving us. And I'm not above being petty. So I am I'm not either. I'm, 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 I'm Captain Petty. I'm Captain Petty. <laughs> All right, cool.
right, so tell us what's next for you um, personally or professionally. You know, what are you excited about? Professionally, as a, as as this grows, this is about a three hundred million dollar. I'm sorry, hundred fifty million dollar development for the the uh, uh, high rises and a total of about three hundred fifty million dollar for the whole development. And if, if I haven't mm-hmm. if I haven't professionally gotten uh, you know as many people as I can to look like me mm-hmm. uh, to to eat off this and grow and make money, then I've been a failure. Um, mm. That is that is you're not going to fail. No, no, but yeah. but that's Victory the that's the fire that keeps. Me pushing to make sure that it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, is just to um, you know deal with this, deal with the stress better, and and mm-hmm. and make sure that my kids. I have three uh, wonderful kids. Uh, a son is twenty four. My twin daughters are twenty one. Oh, you got twins? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so twin club, twin club. Just and and to for them to be able to uh, see and 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 just be proud. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the three that I, that I only want. I want to be proud. They, I want them to be proud of me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's not all the other stuff you see in the paper. You know, I I got asked a question a while ago. Um, how do you do? You want people to people should know who you are. I, no, I want them to know the person that that got the chance to to grow and be in the business. That's who I want them to know. That's fulfilling. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fulfilling yeah, right there. Yeah. I'm the, I'm yeah, usually like the guy that, like I said, you know, I still go by my grandfather saying, you know, be quiet and listen. So I'd much rather mm-hmm. be in the corner where that guy is, where and everything else goes. Right. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. So when I hey when I when I come through like sipping say, I be seeing you in the corner. I be seeing corner. you over there. I mean, I was like, in the corner. He doing something important though. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So every for all of our guests on homecoming with the Downer Brothers, we always ask them: um, Is there a charitable organization uh, that you would mm-hmm. like people to know about? So definitely. Definitely. Who you got? My charitable organization that I absolutely love is uh, Polished Pebbles. Polishpebbles.com, uh, run by Kelly Fair. Absolutely powerful mm-hmm. woman. She uh, This program is developed to uh, work with young ladies, uh, I think from age six to through college, mm-hmm. developing mm-hmm. them as, as young women and women. Um, and she has a great, um, a great program called uh, Pink Hard Hats. Mm-hmm. And it is about getting young ladies involved in the construction uh, arena, okay. which works out just fine. We're going to be uh, putting together a partnership where those girls can be uh, uh, matched up with, with different parts of the construction from mm-hmm. laborers mm-hmm. to engineers to architects to concrete, every, anything that's involved in construction. Mm-hmm. So we're really happy about Polished Pebbles and being, being becoming a, a great partner with them. And they're a Brownsville uh, organization, and they, they just do great things, and I really am proud of them and Kelly Fair. All right, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh wait, did you did you say uh, where we can find them? Yes, polishpebbles.com. Okay, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, where can people find out more about you sure. and get connected with this project? Sure. Uh, name of my company is P3 Markets LLC. You can find us on all social media, p3markets.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the project uh, is Forty Three Green. 43 Green is what, what you'll find it under in the, if you look at it uh, in the city's uh, website. Um, but that's, and it's referred to in all of the, the uh, real estate periodicals, Cranes and everybody else under 43 Green. Okay. Uh, really excited about it. Um, hope to break, well, we are going to break ground in uh, late August, early September. And uh, yeah, really. Just, I want to be there for the break. Yeah, yeah, man. Let us know. Can we come hang out? When the date comes out, I will make sure you guys get it. I'd love to have you there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So for everyone, 
Um, man, this is why we do it. You <laughs> once again have hit a home run for us for, for, for content because we want people to know this story and know what is possible. Yes. So thank you for coming on Homecoming with the Downer Brothers. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. All right, for all of you out there, please hold on. Wait one second and join me for Anthony's After Set. You're now entering Anthony's After Set. Thank you for sticking around for Anthony's After Set. Well, for today... I think that I want to go back to a concept that we were talking about earlier, and it's called karma. Now, you can have good karma by being a good person, being helpful, finding out how you can add value, speaking life into people's situations, and in a very simple way, doing the right thing. Karma is important because when you do the opposite of all those things, it comes back to bite you. If you really want opportunities, if you want doors to swing open for you, you want to develop a good karma because of all the value and all of the happiness and all the joy that you bring into people's lives. Try to stay positive. Keep that type of mindset. Walk into situations talking about how you're going to improve it. Make sure that your karma is right and then see your whole life change for the better. Thank you for sticking around for Anthony's After Set.